Hello, everybody. Happy Hump Day. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. On Wednesday, June 14th, 2023, we've got some Bachelor stories to get to. Yeah, that's right, a Chris Harrison one. But I tell you what, it's more interesting than the other Chris Harrison stories. You're going to want to listen to what he has to say. I've got some non-Bachelor news to get to as well. All entertainment in one place every afternoon. I'm Dave Neal, and this is your Bachelor Rush Hour. Stanky bass drop for you right there. All right, so much to get into. Have you been following this crazy story in the Amazon, the plane crash? Oldest sister praised for heroic role, and the search continues for a missing rescue dog named Wilson. That's right, multiple siblings survived a plane crash. Parents passed away. Four children survived 40 days in the Amazon jungle. They better not mess this up when they make the inevitable Netflix movie off of this. And not only that, the funds better be going. I mean... Whoever's in charge of telling their story, please get them a lawyer and sign a good contract because I hope they're able to make some money off of this tragedy. The oldest of four children who survived a plane crash in the Amazon jungle has been praised for her heroic role in keeping her siblings alive throughout the ordeal, their grandfather said. As search efforts turned to locating Wilson. Wilson! A missing search and rescue dog who kept them company. Oh, I'm, I, like, I hope Wilson turns out okay. The, the children, ages 1 to 13, yeah, one of the kids was only 11 months old, survived in the dense jungle for more than a month when their plane crashed on May 1st, killing their mother as well as the pilot and another passenger. So just terrible news. Turn to some positive, which is this um, heroic uh, 13, I mean, the Hunger Games style uh, you know, story here. And I'm sure the more we find out about this, the more we're going to realize just how amazing their survival skills were. Uh, but that's, you know, cause it's hard to find positive news out there. So much in the world is out there tearing us apart. But when it comes down to it, the will to survive is one in which we really don't know uh, that feeling until we're out there in the elements. So congratulations to them. Hey guys, I want to share with you a charity trailer. Her season premieres in just a couple weeks and they're featuring different scenes. And here's one with Joey. Uh, they're saying uh, Ash Talks Batch says the chemistry is off the charts. Have a listen. Oh, I'm having You're fun. Crushing. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Joey Grosday. I'm a teaching tennis pro. Down the middle, baby. I live on the island of Kauai family does mean the world to me. When I was in kindergarten, my dad came out as gay. It's made me more loving and accepting. Thought by this age I'd be with someone. And I do want a family. This could be the one. All right. Very interesting there. Uh, we've got Joey, the tennis pro. We find out his dad came out as gay when he was in kindergarten. And um, I love when they share stories that are unique and not your standard story that you'll see in the world. I got to tell you this. I, um, I, can't, I can't believe we're regressing in society with Pride Month. I can't believe it. Um, I was in the sauna. I went to a gym yesterday. I went all the way out to this gym so I can get a little workout and use the sauna. Just wanted to sweat out some feelings. And I am not kidding you. I walked into five men who were anti-gay discussing why they think... I mean, it was just... It was, I, I felt like I was in the twilight zone here. 
Like, what did a gay person ever do to them? You know what I mean? And I was like, I couldn't believe, I can't believe we're still debating and arguing over what is morally right and wrong and what side we want to be in. And they were talking about drawing their line in the sand and being okay, standing up for their convictions. Let me tell you guys something. I'm not, I listen, Jesus didn't tell me this himself, but my guess is he doesn't care at all what other people do with their sexual orientation. We need to calm down and relax out there. It's just wild. I couldn't believe it. A lot of times you see stuff online and you go, oh, this is people, you know, fighting this culture war. It's no big deal. And then I see it in person and it's like, oh my gosh, all I wanted to do was sit alone in a sauna for 10 minutes and clear my brain. And I, and it's like, anyway, anyway, so it's out there, folks. Claire Crowley is fighting back on some of the trolls. Uh, someone uh, commented, she said this on her Instagram, saw a message saying I am boring to them and that's why I'm rapidly losing followers. All I do is go on walks, make smoothies, do ads and hang out with my husband, she said, paraphrasing what she said in kinder words. So Claire Crowley is uh, explaining what why, in fact, she's non-controversial on her social media. Her response was, thank you. She said, thank you for noticing that I have created a space for myself that protects my peace in this season of my life. Clearly, that's not all I do with my days. I'll be sharing that with you soon. But just know that the ones who stand by me that love the boring, happy, peaceful, healing Claire are the ones I care about and love. The ones that root for each other, support and help each other. You are my people and I am so thankful to have you there. Yeah, the people that are there for their own... um, uh, lecherous reasons. Oh, we just want the tea. We're unfollowing you now that you're in a happy relationship. Those aren't your fans. Those aren't your loved ones. You know, it's actually interesting. I was back in New York City and I have a quote unquote friend. He's a good guy, but when he was drunk, he actually let it slip uh, recently. He said, Dave, I used to like you better when you were single, when we would go out as single guys having fun. And the way he said it was so insulting because it's like, you don't like the version of me that's in a happy relationship. You'd rather have the version of Dave, who again, I was happy when I was single, but you'd rather have the version of me that helped you get laid because we'd meet girls and maybe you met a girl or two. Good grief but these people exist. These people exist that are there on social media purely as consumers. And when Claire isn't serving up the meal that they want, they call her out for choosing peace, happiness, and all of that in her healing journey. And it's like, good grief. So congrats to Claire for just letting those folks go away. Now we got some non-bachelor stories, Megan Fox, Ryan Seacrest, and others. We're going to get to that right after a quick word from our sponsor. Stassi Schroeder defends Tom Sandoval from online vitriol amid Raquel Levis cheating scandal and called it an emotional beheading. Uh, very interesting, the different members of the Vanderpump Rules community speaking out about the Scandoval. Of course, Tom Sandoval cheated on Ariana with with um, Raquel. Raquel was best friends with Ariana. It was a huge story. But as we watched it play out, it was really, really nasty. So we're going to actually have another episode of Vanderpump Rules tonight. I'll be recapping it tomorrow. They're calling it More Secrets Revealed. They already had the three-part reunion, but the show keeps going on. The Bravo alumni 34 spoke about the lasting impact of Scandoval during the Wednesday episode of Call Her Daddy podcast, explaining that she isn't a fan of the way Sandoval has been treated online due to her own experience in the public eye. Now again, this is the issue with the internet, right? I always say the pendulum never stops at its target. There's always collateral damage. So, so it's like, obviously Sandoval deserves some shame, some ostracism 
politicization, some uh, boycotting, whatever. But it's like, at what point is it too far? He didn't kill anybody, right? Yeah. She said, I've been in a position where I've received so much hate before. I don't like where we're at in a society where that's how we punish people. It's like emotionally beheading people. It's probably worse than beheading because a beheading you die, but uh, shame and being ostracized that goes with you forever. And that's kind of one of the worst feelings anybody can have is feeling like they are kicked out of the community. And you know, like I said, to some extent it's justified, but not fully. She said, who's to decide what the punishment should be? Like who makes someone the authority on that? What makes this person on their computer, the authority on what they think is enough hate for him to receive. I don't get down with that. I don't like it. And we'll have more on that story tomorrow after we listen to tonight's episode of Vanderpump Rules. Here's what Andy Cohen, of course, the ringleader of this um, crazy show, a producer and also host of Watch What Happened Lives. Here's what he had to say about fans questioning how he handled the production of the reunion. The whole Vanderpump cast on set when Raquel came on set. No, I don't because I think that was... Well, look, one of the reasons that I really wanted to do one-on-ones with Raquel and Tom and Ariana was I did not know how long Raquel would last on set. Plus, you wanted to do the one-on-one because, like a detective, you were able to catch them in a lie, which is fine. Yeah. You know, that was... What she sat through, I mean, whatever she did or didn't do, but she sat there and was really took it all. I was reading something you said last week to maybe page six or something. Do you think she was heavily medicated? I don't know. And I think it was maybe wrong of me to speculate on that. But to me, it she sat there. be understandable. There, well, exactly. And it took, she took it all on the chin like a champ. You know, and those people all had stuff to say to her and they were relentless. Yeah. And the biggest issue a lot of the cast had was like, she's not showing her emotions. She's not crying the way that I would cry. You know, and we all are guilty of this, but everyone compartmentalizes or or puts their walls up or shares their emotions differently. So when we saw Raquel a week later, still like a wet dog shaken and, and disturbed, it's like you finally realize, oh, no, this is obviously very heavy on her. And yeah. she just sat there and took it. So um, I didn't know that she would be able to, which is probably why I hypothesized, because to me, right. given my years of experience in these forums, I would have right. thought that she would have walked off way sooner and, and maybe walked into her car never to having been seen again. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, right. so. So they're pri- they're praising her as a prize fighter for not getting knocked down. But of course, uh, way deeper. And, and again, I think they could have used a better. I mean, it was just sloppy. Right. If you watched the reunion, it was just a whole bunch of people all yelling. And no matter what they said, oh, you're making an excuses. It's like this is a three part reunion. I'd like to hear more from Tom and Raquel. You know, there's only so many ways you can call her a worthless human. And speaking of worthless humans, Megan Fox, not her, she is coming guns blazing and uh, at a troll named Robbie Starbuck. He uh, accused
accused her of some crazy things, and she's getting back at him. Uh, let's go to the story. The guy who accused Megan Fox of child abuse for letting her kids wear whatever they want is now getting an earful from the paparazzi agency that owns the photo he used to call the actress out, and they're not happy. Backgrid, the agency that owns the rights to the photo in question, showing Megan with her three sons, fired off a legal letter Tuesday to ex-GOP congressional candidate Robbie Starbuck, who used a picture this past weekend to claim Megan Fox was forcing girl clothes onto her boys. So this is what he said. These are Megan Fox's sons. We used to live in the same gated community and our kids played at the park. I saw two of them have a full-on breakdown saying they were forced by their mom to wear girls' clothes as their nanny tried to console them. It's pure child abuse. Pray for them. And then, of course, people like like the kid's mom and dad, uh, 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 Brian Austin Green, said, no, that's completely wrong. It's, it's uh, terrible for them to use kids as fodder for some culture war. The correspondence obtained by TMZ accuses Starbuck of infringing on their copy copyright to the picture, which they say Starbuck did not purchase or license before he published it. Backgrid shuts down any potential claim to fair use, a legal doctrine that allows third parties to use copyrighted works without permission in certain limited circumstances. They say Starbuck can't argue the pick was for political purposes, which was clearly his intent and does not meet the legal standard to qualify as fair use. Yeah, so isn't it crazy that it's considered a political purpose to use a celebrity's kids to further your point in a culture war? So while that the paparazzi is going to be suing him potentially uh, because the photo has been viewed by, by millions of people without the paparazzi. And you can think one thing about the paparazzi or another, but clearly it's like bad karma for Robbie Starbuck to say such horrible things about someone else's parenting with no factual proof whatsoever. They take one final jab at him and presumably Trump with this. The paparazzi company says, while historically not always the case, we expect those who hope to serve as our elected representatives to lead by example and fully comply with federal law. Today, we demand you do so. Not looking good for old Robbie. And in other news, Ryan Seacrest is in early talks to replace Pat Sajak as Wheel of Fortune host. Boy, how does Ryan Seacrest have all of the energy to do all of these different jobs? He must have a good vitamin program, and today's Bachelor Rush Hour is sponsored by Care Of. Care Of is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. Care Of makes taking your vitamins on the go this summer so convenient with individual daily packs that are perfect for travel. As you guys know, I'm using the collagen powder. Collagen powder? I always messed it up. And actually, I'm putting it in my morning coffee. It helps keep my skin hydrated so I can look good for you guys. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com. Use our special code RUSHHOUR50. That is TakeCareOf.com and enter code RUSHHOUR50 for half off your first order. All right, should we jump right into the next story here? We got a a lot going on, but this is a very fascinating uh, conversation that Chris Harrison had with his partner, Lauren Zima. And as you're going to hear, this is our featured YouTube video of the day. But Chris Harrison, locked into an NDA, finally explains how he feels backstabbed by the Bachelor producers. Chris Harrison has the most dramatic podcast ever, at least that's what he calls it, but it actually is pretty dramatic when we look at the June 6th episode, Blindsided Betrayal. In order for Chris to properly explain the golf betrayal that happened, because he's a big golf fan, that's going to line up with what his betrayal was. He's going to discuss how he was a puppet figure, talking head for the show, and Anyway, before we get into that, let's listen to this uh, quick 30-second explanation of what happened in the golf world, and then we'll play what Chris Harrison has to say. 
Did golfers who stayed loyal to the PGA Tour get screwed? Following the announcement that the PGA Tour and Live would merge after months of drama and public- And you're wondering, what's Live? Live is a golf organization that was founded by a Saudi group in the Middle East. And a lot of, there was a lot of pressure by members of the golf tour PGA that if they went to Live, they wouldn't be allowed to work with the PGA. People had to draw a line in the sand. And why would you want to go to Live? Well, they were offering half a billion dollar contracts. Well, it just came out this week that Live is actually pairing with PGA, which is a big deal because everyone that spoke out against Live now kind of works with them. Public tension, PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan said the golfers who didn't make the jump to Live would be rewarded for staying loyal. And just to remind you, it's rumored that Tiger Woods turned down somewhere between 700 and 800 million dollars from Live, while Rory McIlroy turned down 500 million. So we can only hope that the PGA golfers' loyalty will pay off. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal to us here because we're like, oh, geez, they're already rich and everything. But imagine turning down upwards of a billion dollars because you didn't want to play in an organization that had uh, human rights issues and all the other issues that come with taking uh, you know, money from the Saudi group. Uh, I don't want to get into it any farther, uh, but you can understand that conundrum. And now, of course, PGA is like, oh, no, we're going to work with them. So Chris Harrison now explains that betrayal through his set of eyes. Very, very soft landing spot for Jay Monahan and the Saudi group, who, by the way, won in this big time, to come and announce this merger. So after this announcement, and Jay Monahan completely contradicts hypocritically everything he has said and stood for for the last year. Which is they're a bad they're a bad organization. Don't work for them. They don't do X, Y, and Z. And now they teamed up with them. We go to Golf Channel. When I tell you the analysts were like deer caught in the headlights, it's an understatement. Okay, now hold on, folks. I know how is this going to relate back to Bachelor? You just have to stick with me here. Uh, Chris Harrison is going to talk about why this was also triggering to his story. I felt partly I, I felt justified, but I felt sad. These people now don't have talking points. They now have to think for themselves. They now have to navigate these uncharted waters because the safety net was ripped out from under them. Well, and they're probably thinking about what they said over the past year and now how are, are they worried about contradicting points they made before, things they said before? They were, they were mumbling. They were stumbling. People that I really respect in this business had nothing to say. They, they literally were wide-eyed. Go back and watch. It's fascinating TV. These guys were all just kind of mumbling and stumbling and asking questions. Kind of like his Good Morning America interview. Remember that? And flash, flash forward several hours. This just happened today. I usually don't like to date these things, but it's Tuesday. It's 1.30 in the afternoon Central Time when I'm, I'm taping this. So they've had several hours to, cr to try and gather their thoughts. Now these quote-unquote journalists are asking questions, poignant questions, lobbing out questions like, maybe this is the best thing for golf. Maybe <laughs> the entire geopolitical existence of the United States, Saudi Arabia, the Middle East, shouldn't have been on the shoulders of Dustin Johnson. Maybe... And, and, and read between the lines here, 
maybe, and again, I'm not saying this, but I feel like this is what Chris Harrison's implying. Maybe the whole war that happened with Matt James and Rachel Kirk Connell and the whole issue of his season shouldn't have been on the shoulders of Chris Harrison. I think that's what he's actually saying. The president of the United States, maybe some of these other political leaders could, could handle this. Maybe it's not on the golfers to figure this out. Now, there's still right and wrong here, and that needs to be settled, and that needs to be talked about, by the way. There needs to be questions about Saudi Arabia, about China, which the PGA Tour is massively in bed with. So when you kind of get into this human rights thing, you can't just pick and choose. You can't cherry pick only because you were worried that this was going to cost your organization hundreds of millions of dollars. The same Saudi fund, they own, maybe it's not the majority, but they are massive shareholders in Uber. So what he's saying is if we're going to take the high road here and condemn PGA Tour members for working with Live Golf, the Saudi-backed golf organization, then we need to condemn everyone that works with Saudi-backed money, which, of course, is more widespread than people think. All right, so I'm going to jump to the 28-minute mark here where Chris Harrison talks about being triggered, but it was important to understand what it's important to understand the comparisons he's making between the golf situation, which is we put all the blame on these golfers when there's bigger fish to fry and how that relates to Chris Harrison taking the brunt of the blame. And again, this isn't me co-signing what he's saying, but this is what he's saying. Crazy deals and restructure, but it wasn't enough. And the problem is, here's the very interesting thing of why you're wondering, how, how did this all happen? What was the tipping point? In my opinion, what happened was the guys that went to live started winning because they were still able to play on some of the major championship. They were able to play on a couple tournaments and one of them, Brooks Kepka, just won a major championship. He just won the PGA championship that screws the PGA tour because now you don't have the best players in the world. Not all of them. You can't say the best players play here. The best players. But I thought they weren't all, he wasn't allowed to play in the PGA. Well, there was a, a loophole where these guys were allowed to play in about four or five certain tournaments a year Got called it. the majors. So they, they came over when they could and they were dominating. They played really well. So now all of a sudden Rory is losing and Brooks Koepka is winning. Uh, this doesn't look so good. So again, all of a sudden we wake up today shell-shocked. Nobody. And this is crazy. In this day and age, Golf Channel... By the way, shell-shocked might be a term we're not using anymore to describe this, but that's a different issue. Nobody. New York Times, nobody had this story. Nobody had a sniff that this was coming down the pipe. Was that triggering for you? Yeah. The, you know, what was triggering was just the having the rug and the safety net completely pulled out from under you, hearing one day, I love you, your family, hey, brother, we got you. Don't worry. Just go say this. Just go do this. Rory, be the good guy. You know, trust us. We got you, man. And then you wake up today and you find out on Twitter that all of that was complete and utter bullshit. A hundred percent bullshit. Wow. And Rory is now. So Chris Harrison here saying that all, all of the family that he thought he worked with was all BS. And again, look, corporations are psychopathic. Of course, they're going to treat Chris Harrison like family when they need him and then dispose him when they don't. That's just what happens. But, you know, you, you realize that just like Rory here was defending the PGA saying, I won't, you know, for, he left $500 million on the table. Rory did here, McElroy. And he 
in doing that was sticking up for the PGA, who then didn't have his back. We've all got a story of this with one size or another about bosses, you know, throwing us under the bus, right? Left to go answer for his own words and his own deeds. And they're what the PGA tours, Jay Monahan's going to back him up. So what was that moment for you? Tell us, please. <sighs> the moment, everything. Yeah, there was a moment there were, there was a tipping point when that moment happened for me. I can't get into the details of it, Damn. but there was one night when that moment happened for me, when I had to say in my own life as, as my own man with you by my side, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And my guess that was when they, um, you know, it when he was replaced on his season. Because as we know, again, not co-signing it, but we do have to look in, and should talk about these things. When Chris Harrison first issued his apology statement, and then that wasn't enough. And then he issued, and I know we're going back a few years here, but then he issued his statement saying, I'm going to take some time to reflect. And then that wasn't enough. And then he finds out that he was uninvited from Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelorette, namely the day after or so when she tweeted, I don't feel comfortable having Chris Harrison as the host right now. So it was almost like if there was another month or two between seasons, maybe it would have died down or that conversation would have happened. I still think he missed the opportunity to have long form conversations. You know, he did the traditional press, which I'm sure is what they wanted. Go on Good Morning America. It's synergy. It's part of the same network. Blah. But um, anyway, so at some point, probably when he was replaced by Tasha and Caitlin, he was like, okay, um, if Tasha and Caitlin have are, do good, if they are good co-hosts, they'll never have me back. So rather than wait for that moment, he uh, you know negotiated his settlement to leave. And. I am a big believer and you got to pick that hill you want to die on. I picked my hill and I had to make a stand. I hope the best for Rory. These journalists, it's going to be interesting. Some of these people will lose their jobs. Some of these people will maybe not, quote unquote, be fired. They may just disappear into the ether. So you said that this made you look at your own situation in new ways. What changed your in your mind today? It just made me sad. And it made me think of the things that were said to me, promises made and, and things that I went through. Um, when a line in the sand is drawn, whether it's me drawing it or whoever, and, and part of that was me drawing that line in the sand, there were friends, and you know this, there were dear friends that I had, some for almost 20 years, most all over a decade that worked on the show. But when that line in the sand was drawn, they chose health so insurance. So were friendships. That's it. And people, they stuck it to you, Chris Harrison. They chose their health insurance or all these other issues. Look, the same thing would happen to me. The same thing would happen to anybody. This is the way humanity works. In times of struggle, we notice that people will not back each other. Some are, some are loyal, but some will just choose the, you know, oh, well, but this company, don't bite the hand that feeds. And, you know, look, I'm not saying he was right for his decision to leave or whatever his high road is. It's just like, look, look, this is humanity. We backstab each other. There's only loyalty when it benefits you. And then when it no longer benefits you, no more loyalty. And he, he learned that the hard way. 
and look, whether you're a fan of Chris Harrison or not, it's an important lesson to learn that when you're at the whim of your employers, they can fire you for a number of reasons. And I always tell people this. It's like you can love the job you have, but always have a backup plan. When I worked in advertising, there, everyone who worked in graphic designs, they always had their portfolio ready to go. So if one day they showed up and their jobs were gone, they had something to show for it. So just make sure no matter what job you have out there that you're protecting yourself and have something to show for it. Because in the end, your bosses, they don't care about you. Uh, but I do, and I'm so excited that you guys have been along with me on this journey. Hey, did I tell you this? Uh, July 2nd, I'm going to be doing a spot on Katie Thurston's stand-up show in San Diego. And don't forget, I'm going to have my uh, Seattle show. I think it's August 24th. Save the date. I'm going to fly in for that. Fly in, fly out. We'll have fun. We'll do my stand-up, and we'll have a meet-and-greet and a chat afterwards. So make sure to get ready for that. Tickets will be on sale soon. Plus, I'll be running my longer set in Los Angeles and a few other locations, maybe phoenix end of summer so just hang tight as i work on those different dates i'll get it up for you and if you want behind the scenes bonus content go to patreon.com slash dave neal and that's how you can put some bread in the tip jar all right well uh we'll be back tomorrow i've been dave neal this was bachelor rush hour